You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, happy Saturday. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Best of the Week podcast. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. The Kansas City Chiefs take on the Las Vegas Raiders this afternoon at 3.30 p.m. Arrowhead time. So we'll get into today's show with the Arrowhead Pride editor show. They've got some marinated takeaways from Sunday's win over the Denver Broncos. After that, it's the Great British Chiefs show. They've got our first full preview on this week's matchup against the Raiders. We'll follow that up with Chiefs Coast to Coast, diving a little bit more into this Raiders matchup. Then we're changing things up. After that, we're going to take a quick timeout. When we get back, we'll catch up with Show and BK, discussing what the Chiefs need to do when they have the ball later today. And then we'll finish things up with Kingdom Keys, discussing the keys to a Chiefs victory. That's all coming up on today's Arrowhead Pride Best of the Week. Back here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show, and you know those sweet, sultry tunes, what they mean. It's time for the world-famous marinated takeaways. The Chiefs kept it interesting against the Denver Broncos for the second straight time. As they were blowing their their lead potentially in this one, John, it was a a little bit more worrisome because you didn't have that 27-point cushion. It was (laughs) 6-3 when they started turning the football over, and so... Uh, you saw a, a another tough game against the Denver Broncos, and we can take certain things away as we look for, to, toward the playoffs here. Two weeks to go un, until the postseason. What is your initial marinated takeaway from this 27-24 win? I don't understand why the Chiefs didn't run the ball more. Mm. I really don't. I mean, we talked about this last week in this yeah. segment of the show where in recent weeks the Chiefs have been um, – running the ball a little bit more frequently uh, than they have in the first part of the season or as they have typically done under head coach Andy Reid. And uh, the numbers may be a little different. I haven't got, I haven't worked on the snap counts yet, which is where I typically get these numbers that I've been tracking. But just off the the regular pl- uh, stat sheet, it looks like a, a running percentage of 28%, which is close to the lowest of the season. It's not quite the lowest, but it's close to that. And um, there's like, I think, one game where that was lower than that for reasons that are yet unclear. But I just don't understand why they've, when they've got McKinnon and Pacheco playing so well that uh, as a team, as a duo, um, that they're not willing to, to trust it a little bit more than they have been. And I get that part I'm, of the trouble is that they got behind earlier than they anticipated, but they've shown they can be, they can move the, move the ball when they're run more. I just don't get it. I'm with you 100%. And I'm not going to say that this is isolated to Isaiah Pacheco, but this was a question that I asked him directly. And I think all running backs feel this way for, for what it's worth, but it, just the difference between carry two or three versus carry nine or 10. And this is a, a runner that needs 
carries to get into a rhythm. And usually when he gets in that rhythm, you look up and he's running for five yards a tick. And he just wasn't able to, he didn't have enough opportunities. And you had situations where they're in the red zone and they're not running it at all. You're forcing the, the passing. And look, you have the ultimate passing weapon. So this is such a, a catch-22 conversation all the time. Right, you can't it is. take the ball so much out of Patrick Mahomes' hands, which which I, I get. But I, I'm with you. I, how many times do I have to say it? I, I say it constantly. You probably are like, Pete, shut up. You're a broken record. But it's like, when they remember they can run the football, there's just such a cleaner, more in rhythm offense. It just it's that that I test where you're just like, oh, yeah, the Chiefs are cooking today and they got away from the run. And Denver was able to curb it to an extent and keep themselves in the game. I mean, this was a 17 13 game against the Broncos where they were winning late in the third quarter. That's too close. That that's too scary. Mm-hmm. I, I understand it's a division game, and they're gonna they're, they're gonna keep it close. But to need to rally back in the fourth quarter, the the Chiefs didn't retake the lead until the fourth quarter, and and then finally they they never looked back because they were able to build a ten point lead. But just not good. And uh, and I think the offense is still looking to find that that complete performance, uh, especially late in the year, that'll give you confidence in the postseason. I, I don't want to say that it is necessarily going to be the thing that that knocks the chiefs out but it having so many inferior opponents at the end here is just i don't like it i i just mm-hmm. because you're going to yeah. get to the first game especially if you are able to get the bye you're going to go I'm going to pull it up here for a second here you're going to go from playing a stretch in which you had the broncos texans seahawks and broncos and granted whatever it's it's any given and sunday then the raiders yeah and then the raiders who they looked good yesterday, but they still have nothing really to play for. And then you're going to get the Chargers, Bills, and then Bengals potentially before maybe the 49ers again in the Super Bowl if you're able to make it that far. Like, that is quite an uptick as far as complete elite teams. And I, I just – hopefully the Chiefs can look a little bit cleaner in all three aspects in that Saturday game against the Raiders because I think that would give you a lot more confidence. Uh, uh, my first matter to take away, I'm going to give my second one first because I think it's more close to yours. I didn't think Patrick Mahomes had a great day. Uh, I had mentioned on Twitter uh, that that he was off his mark, and I got some sassy responses. Some <laughs> some of you agreed with me. Uh, not everyone did. And it made me feel a little bit better when Patrick himself took the podium and was like, I was not great today. What's still amazing about this, though, is the numbers after a not great day for Patrick Mahomes. Right. Like, mm-hmm. You think back to Alex Smith. If I said to you, John, well, man, Alex really didn't have a good day today. I mean, he was probably like, 12 of 22 for 111 maybe he got in the end zone with a with one touchdown might have thrown one interception and that was a bad day for Patrick Mahomes or uh, Alex Smith Patrick Mahomes bad day 29 of 42 for 328 and three touchdowns and a pick it's like but you could see it you could see it and I and uh, a little off and I I wonder especially in the deep balls. It was, it was, it was much more the, the deep shots, which he noted in the, in the press. He's like, I got to hit those deep shots. But he has seemed a little bit this way since that, that thumb issue popped up. And I'm, I'm not saying that, that it's, a, it's a problem, but I, I, I just wonder if there's something grip-wise lingering there on these deep shots where the deep shots, as you see, with the people that are successful with them in the NFL, Josh Allen, um, Aaron Rodgers, I mean – the margin is so small. You have to be mm-hmm. right on. You got to lead the guy. And yeah. Mahomes, we've seen in weeks during the year, 
the Travis Kelsey one comes to mind. I, I forget who it was, but just dropping it right into to his arms over the shoulder. Um, he, I mean, he's usually pretty solid at this. So I just, just wondering out loud if, if maybe there's something still bothering him when it comes to more of those deep shots. I think that's fair. Um, I noticed it too. Uh, I think it was the first pass of the game to Marquez Valdez Scantling. He caught the ball. Yeah. But he had to spin around to get it because it just wasn't in a place where he could catch it on the run. Right. And and then there was another catch that was thrown behind Kelsey. Again, he brought it in, but he had to, you know, manipulate his it. body in order yeah. to do so. And um and yet at the same time, he made an amazing throw to Justin Watson. Right. With 11 seconds left in the first half, um, so you know, I, I, it is. And he had odd. one. It's he very had one, odd. He had one to Kadarius Tony down the sideline too. It's not like yes. he went 0 for in these these deep these deep right. opportunities, but right. He just feels a little slightly less uh, efficient mm-hmm. than we've seen yeah. him, and I don't know. I'm just I I and and that and that's where I go back to the bye week. Like even for the quarterback, if there is anything, just not having him have to play for a week. It's mm-hmm. just such a huge thing. We'll get into well, some if, it's, if it is the thumb, then that would certainly help. I'll agree with you there. So, yeah. All right, let's continue. What else you got, John? Got to talk about special teams again. Mm. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of, of the special teams every... are not special for the chiefs yeah. right now. Yeah. Far. I'm, and I'm, I'm tired of people saying that the answer is to fire Dave Tobe. I'm tired of people saying that the answer is to have Chad Henney hold uh, place kicking, <laughs> be the place kickers holder. I'm sorry. That's not going to work. It's just not going to happen. Um, Caleb wrote a nice piece about that today that he went into the details about what went wrong with the field goals yesterday, the botched snap. And what turned out to be a blocked field goal, neither one of which was real obvious, or that particular wasn't real obvious at the beginning of the game. Uh, but, you know, it's gotten to the point that it's all running downhill, and, and there's there's a certain momentum to it, to the point that when Kadarius Tony uh, fumbled that ball on a punt return yesterday, people are screaming for Dave Tobe's head, I'm sorry, you can blame Dave Tobe if he puts an inexperienced guy in as a punt returner and he muffs a lot of punts because he hasn't done it very much. Okay, it's fair to blame Tobe for that. But it's not fair to blame Tobe because a wide receiver fumbles the ball while he's running with it. Just because it's right. on a punting play doesn't make it Dave Tobe's fault. Everybody fumbles the ball once in a while. And everybody who who holds for field goals is going to drop the snap once in a while. You know, I don't think that's a case where Dave Tobe did something wrong. Uh, in fact, it might actually be, as Caleb suggested, that they've been working so hard to get perfect at the holding with Townsend in there that he might have overcompensated and, and lost the handle well, on the ball. So this is this is where, like, this is where if, if Dustin Cole quit, and, and I'm not talking about his playing career, the greatest punter in Chiefs history and mm-hmm. a, a, a well-deserved, decorated career. I think that he should be a Ring of Honor guy, right? Yeah, sure. If if Dustin Colquitt really is a Chiefs supporter and a Chiefs fan, this did not help the the team by right. coming out and putting yeah. Tommy under a microscope. Like, if you really wanted 
Harrison to be successful. I get you're defending your guy, Harrison Butker is sure. his kicks, whatever, and you want people to know whose fault it is. That something like that where and, and Caleb is right, one one of our great con- new contributors, in in the fact that once that kicking operation is on somebody's mind and the holder is now yeah. suddenly thinking about holding, this happened to Sky Moore as a returner. Mm-hmm. You start to get in your head a little bit, right? It yeah. leads to to and so that's where I criticize Coldquit. It's like if you're this big ex chief, and I understand you feel a little bit jaded. They went with sure. the kid, and you still wanted to punt, but this did not help the team by coming out and, and making this public big stink about how Tommy Townsend is not a good holder. And you can look. I'm not blaming Dustin Coldquit, but I don't think his his percentage of blame is zero on the the mishap right. with the hold. Right? I, I right. think it's something yeah. that is that's clearly under the microscope. Regardless mm-hmm. of this, though, and this leads me into my takeaway of this they got to fix it the kicking operation Mm -hmm. and this was a point that i put in my my rapid reaction and and this goes back to the 13 seconds thing we all think about kelsey and do it do it and how mahomes and there was still a 41 what was a 49 yarder that had to be made uh, Mm -hmm. against the buffalo bills to send them the overtime to get the coin tossed it and no one even thinks about that part of 13 seconds it's all about the grim reaper and yeah. But that was a huge part, except that at that stage, it was a no-doubter for Harrison Bucker. No one was even thinking about him. We are so far from that version yeah. of Harrison Bucker right now, and whether it's just him or the whole operation. And as you saw last year, it can come down to a, a field goal to send it to overtime. It can come down to a field goal where you're in a position to win the game and, and go on to the next round. And I think the confidence is just so low, and I think that's tough in entering the playoffs. And, the, and then another part of the, about the marinated takeaway is like, what the hell is with these turnovers? Mm-hmm. They just cannot get yeah. away from turning the football over. This is a team that only three times this year has been turnover free. Five times they've been uh, with one turnover in the game. And then eight games, half the season, they have turned the football over multiple times. That is fine against the list that I just described to you uh, in in games against the the Denver Broncos maybe you can get away with it in a in a game against the Houston Texans or the Seattle Seahawks maybe the Rams um Titans earlier in the year whatever when you're playing these playoff teams if you turn over the football multiple times there's a pretty good chance you're not going to win and so mm-hmm. I don't know what the answer is there but it is clearly a problem that the Chiefs cannot get away from you mentioned the the Tony fumble uh, I tend to think that the Broncos defense being very specific here has a little bit of Mahomes's number when it comes to that he was clean as far as interceptions um go in the two games following the Broncos before this one uh at the same time they just they just need to do a better job taking care of the football because if they do if they can manage no turnover it's very hard to beat this Chiefs team I mean they're like a well-oiled machine except when they're not and then (laughs) you're just opening the door um to lose in the in the postseason it's not going to cut in the postseason you can maybe manage one a game yeah. and it's mm-hmm. and you're still putting yourself at a big dis- disadvantage and so you just l- would like to see that clean cleaned up but it, it and and you know i don't even know if it's coaching it's just like hold on to the ball <laughs> like, don't yeah. throw it into danger i don't yeah i don't know i don't know well you know the good news about yesterday's game was that the turnover margin was zero right which hasn't always happened there have been a lot of these games where the Chiefs have had some turnovers, and it's been a negative turnover margin. And generally, if you can come back with turnovers of your own, 
and especially if they lead to points, um, then you're in good shape. The other thing that I thought was a positive about yesterday, yes, there were drives where the defense did not look good, and there was a drive that got extended by a penalty that then you know when that took away an interception. You know that's not good either. But when Patrick Mahomes intercepted the ball, uh, was intercepted by the Broncos. The Broncos didn't score on the next drive. Right. And part of that was because it was a long drive, but it's also because the defense understood, okay, we've got to stop this drive. We can't let this additional opportunity to possess the ball result in points. And they did that, and that has been a problem uh, during these times the Chiefs have given up a lot of turnovers is that then – the other team gets a short field and goes down and scores. And and in fact, when they had the short field on the Tony fumble, it only took one play, right? <laughs> right. So because they got it on the 16 yard line and 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 Wilson ran it in. So um, you know there were some positives to it, but you're right. Uh, against the best teams, that's going to be a very difficult thing to overcome. I mean, there's just teams that can can score. I mean, you yeah. just look at Buffalo mm-hmm. and, and you know, you look at Cincinnati and it, if you're giving them bonus opportunities, you are asking for to, to lose a playoff game. I mean, I mean, that's, that's pretty it's... darn impressive. You know, I mean, he's used, he's used the number one threat they've got to his best of his ability. Yeah. And that's the thing that's scaring me because yes. Okay. He's had, he's thrown two interceptions, he's, but he's thrown three TD, uh, three uh, TDs. He's thrown 365 yards. The kid has no fear. The, the kid How has did he throw 365 yards against the 49ers? Exactly. And they're, they're like, what, number one, number two defense. And he's just he's just put up 365 yards. Yeah. And it's like his first game. Yeah. Um, I suppose a positive way to look at it as well is that the Raiders scored 32 points. Sorry. The 49ers, rather, scored 35 points against the, the Vegas Raiders. And there's the positive spin about it. That's the, the, Raiders, the, Raiders, the Raiders might have done well that game, but ultimately, they still lost. They yeah. still lost the game. And they lost it 35-32. So you go back to the 49ers, and the 49ers are like such an, a well-coached team. Like there's, no, there's very few teams that can lose quarterbacks like they do to injury and still be at the level they are. Yeah. And that's Carl Shanahan. That is Carl Shanahan. And he 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 is an offensive guru. He's one of the best coaches in the league for a reason. There's a reason why if he ever made jo- if he was job made jobless like Andy Reid was 10 years ago, then everyone would be like scrambling to oh, get Carl like everyone was trying yeah. to get Andy Reid. Yeah. The, the, the same would happen with them. The 49ers won't be getting rid of him anytime soon, regardless of what happens in the next few weeks. But um I look at the 49ers personnel, Brock Purdy, we've got Patrick Mahomes. Like we've got Travis Kelsey, Josh Kelsey. Like if the 49ers can do that to the Raiders defense, then surely the Chiefs can do the same against the Raiders defense. Yeah. I mean that that's the that's the thing right there. I mean the Chiefs played against the Broncos who were like fifth, sixth best defense in the league. They're playing against the Raiders who are like twenty-sixth. Um so yeah, yeah, I think the Chiefs are going to put up a lot of points on this team. And I, and I honestly think as well, I think the Chiefs' defence, um, the way they played against the Broncos, I thought they were phenomenal. I mean, yeah, they, obviously the points you know, the, the points say that it was a close game, but the Chiefs' defence has been brilliant recently um, and, and really kind of emphasised the fact that 
they are they are they aren't to be messed with really. Um, I mean, they got what four sacks in this in, in the last game. Um, yeah. You know, they're getting to the quarterback now, which um, <laughs> we couldn't say a lot a, a lot about that at the beginning of the season. Really, we, right. we weren't really getting to the quarterback as much, but there seems to be getting pressure there. Carl Aftis is coming into his own again. Um, you know, I I just feel that yes, there's going to be that threat from uh, from Stidham. Yes, there's definitely going to be that threat that threat from Adams, but we saw how Adams was kind of suppressed a little bit in the last game against the yeah. Chiefs, and it's probably going to be the same again. If we put in like you know the likes of Snead on, or if we put in McDuffie on, or even if they try and keep him away from McDuffie, yeah, um, you know, I still think we've got enough there that we can shut that down. And then they do have a run game; they do have Josh Jacobs, who is a, a great probably player. the best running back in the league this year. Yeah, you know, um, and. That is another thing that I think still plays into the hands of the Chiefs' um, strengths, really, because we I think we do still have a really good run D uh, that can you know that can really kind of shut down some of the top the top players out there. I've, I would be inclined to disagree on that one. I think really, I think stats are probably heavily inflated by situations that Chiefs' offense put teams in. I I, I wouldn't say the run D is great. It's it. it the thing I see about it is that the run D, it's not been leaky. It's not been leaky like we've seen in teams gone by. Yeah, we've, we've actually haven't seen many teams commit to it against the Chiefs yet, which is yeah. odd because that was the, the whole thing that a lot of teams used to do previously. Oh, commit to the run, control time of possession, and then you, you'll, you'll beat the Chiefs. That very rarely works, by the way. Um, <laughs> the last two times the Chiefs have played in, in Vegas, we've scored 41 and 35 points. So we, they're yet to beat us in Allegiant Stadium or where, however you say it. So they're, they're, they're shiny new stadium. We've got Arrowhead, Arrowhead West, is it? Yeah, <laughs> we've got a perfect, we've got a perfect record in, in, in Vegas. And it would be nice to, for it to continue. Like losing this game, I think will be so damaging to yeah. the Chiefs. I think if they lose Saturday night, they're not going to make the Super Bowl. I, I, I think, and people are going to think, oh, you're crazy, but I just can't imagine this team, the way that this team plays right now, can potentially win two road playoff games. Because mm-hmm. that's what they need to do. They Most likely, they need yes. to beat beat the, uh, the, the sixth seed, whoever that may be, at Arrowhead, if they lose this game of the weekend, and then go on the road, likely to the Bengals, and then likely to the Bills. I just can't see this team winning those two games. So the Chiefs absolutely need this number one seed. But if they get the second seed, maybe. Then you've only got to play one road playoff game. You can get one. But I can't see a situation where this team, the way that they're playing right now and how bad they've been in looking after the football, turning over the football, um, they're not exactly playing a rest. They're not cooking up a recipe for winning football right now, and going on the road just makes it that a little bit more difficult. So yeah, it's a massive game for the Chiefs. It's huge, and you know that they 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 know it's that like for all the stuff going on with Hamler and the Bills and the Bengals. Yes, the Chiefs are thinking about him and his health, but you know, other than that. They aren't thinking about anything else. Like they are going to be so concentrated on the Raiders because this team are very good at not looking too far ahead. They are one game at a time. I know, and it's such a sporting cliche. Oh, we're just day to day taking it one game at a time. But <laughs> this team really does just take it one game at a time. 
And I hope that all the energy, all the focus is going on what they can do to stop the Raiders because you know the Raiders, they they, they end our season, not end our season, but they beat us on Saturday night. They'll be well happy with that. Yeah. Because it's a scalp for them. They've they've ended this run. They've finally beaten the Chiefs for the first time, what, since 2020 was the yeah. last time they beat us. So they've finally beaten the Chiefs and they've kind of like ruined, um, for lack of a better term, our, our playoff chances. So yeah, I am... Um, it's I don't know how to call this. I'm I'm putting you off and putting me off just to make a prediction basis because I don't know where I stand. <laughs> you really don't want to know. I don't know. I don't know where the, I stand. The, the way I look at this Chiefs team though is we're looking for the perfect game from this team. And we've no. Not, no, no, we, no, we have been. I don't care about that this weekend. No, I know, but that's I what win. we do. But every time we look at the Chiefs team, we think we, we think at some point they're going to they're going to put it all together. It's going to be a perfect team. It's going to be a perfect game, but it never materializes. We win ugly, but it's winning. We're a perfect ten, but she wears a twelve. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I don't know. Yeah, we win ugly, but we're still winning, and I think that's that's a good habit to be in. Mm. Yeah. Make sure we keep winning. <laughs> Find a way. Just do it. Yeah, uh, I, I wonder how many of our listeners have ever heard of Beautiful Self. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that might be. We have had so many niche references on this on this podcast. Well, over the over the last what week? Sixty six episodes or whatever it was. <laughs> that might be up there with the most niche so far. <laughs> Do you All reckon right. anyone ever Googles our, our references and looks them up? I don't think anyone's that sad. I just, I just think the listener was thinking, hey, what are they talking about this week? <laughs> They've gone on so many different avenues. <laughs> they, 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 they must think they're learning a different language. Like, then, like, it's funny because some of the reviews they've been very positive about us recently like this, this, reviews, this, yeah. this, all this cake stuff with Pete has brought some really nice reviews for, for us and um a lot of people or a couple of people have mentioned the British sense of humour. And yeah. um, what is that? What is the British sense of humour? Just taking the out of yourselves and talking as much nonsense in in an hour yeah. slot as you can. And going down so many different avenues that nobody yeah. knows what the hell you're talking about. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> one, day we'll, one day we'll have the rhyme and slang podcast. <laughs> I won't even know what you're saying then. Yeah, I, <laughs> your, talk, your talk pure Geordie and I'll talk Mockney. <laughs> Well, let's do it. Let's lose all our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then, uh, predictions, mate. What are you going with on this? Mahomes puts on a show. It's not a show that's needed, but he has a bounce back. He'll score points. Jarrett Stidham will score points. Devontae Adams will have himself a day because he is that good a receiver. Yeah. Josh McDaniels will think, oh, He'll watch this game thinking, how good would this offense be if I had Tom Brady? And then he will go out and get Tom Brady in the in the offseason. And that little mini reunion will happen. And then the next year, they'll be like, see, it was all Tom Brady and Josh McDaniels. you, Bill Belichick. That's what, it's, that's what will happen. But anyways, that's beside the point. Jared Stidham will score some points. And he, again, he'll want to say, well, aren't I the answer? No, Tom Brady's the answer. Such so a uh, Brady brown noser, aren't you? Yep, I am. Uh, I'm going to say 31-41 to the Chiefs. I think it's going to be a, a high score. Really? It's going to be a bonkers game of football. It's I, going to be mad. I've just noticed on the show notes, I put my prediction down and I put it the wrong way around. <laughs> See, Brad actually prepares for this podcast and writes his prediction. I just make it up on the... On the, on the yeah, you just make it up on the fly. Yeah. Yeah. It was the professional one, Tom. Yeah. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, I've gone for Chiefs 31, uh, Raiders 27. I've gone for another another tight affair, which I really, I'm not looking forward to this game. I'll be honest, I'm not looking forward to this game because because of everything we've said in this show so far, that it's it's the Raiders, they've got nothing to play for. It's just them causing chaos, just for yeah. chaos' sake, you know. So um, I think pride's at stake for them as well. But I think they want to, they want to kind of cement the fact that Stidham is the answer. And I think uh, I think they're going to go all out on this, and they're going to go for fourth downs every single time, and we're just going to hate it. So a couple of quick questions before we go off the AFC playoffs. Obviously, the one-two-three seed. We don't know how that's going to fall, but. How's the rest of it going to fall? I think Jacksonville will beat the Titans because the Titans are terrible. Yeah. I think the Chargers will probably end up the fifth seed. Then you can say that the Ravens are going to be the sixth seed. Who's going to be the seventh seed? Is it going to be the Dolphins? Is it going to be the Patriots? Is it going to be the Jets? Do you know what? No, not the Jets. Is it going to be the Dolphins, the Patriots, or the Steelers? Who's it going to be? Imagine if the Steelers backdoor it into the playoffs again. I'm going to say the Dolphins miss out. The Patriots get in. What, beat the Bills? Yeah. Okay. I really do. Um, I I've, I just feel that the Patriots are on a bit of a, a bit of a high at the minute, and obviously, you know, we know what everything that's going on at the moment with the Bills, and and you know, depending on how the players can kind of cope with that at the minute, I don't know. I it just, it just might be too much for them at the moment. It, it, I think it all depends really on the situation at, at hand at the minute and how if, if Hamlin's getting better. Then great, you know. I think the I think the Bills players are going to be all for it, and we're going to want they're going to want to win for him. Um, but I don't know. I just think I just feel like the Patriots are on a bit of a high at the minute. Uh, they're on a bit of a trajectory, and I think uh, I think they might do it. They might snatch it. And again, the Dolphins are going to miss out, which is crazy to think when you think the Dolphins were like eight and three, mad. And then they they're what eight and eight now, and they could they could have a losing season. Yeah. What on earth? I'm lucky, Tyreek. At least you got $25 million. <laughs> Regular season finale. Time flies when you're having fun, man. It's crazy. I feel like we just we we were just talking about, oh, now the games are for real. We're here. We we did it. We made it through preseason. And in the blink of an eye, it's week 18. It's Chiefs versus Raiders. Chiefs are 13 and 3 entering this matchup facing off against the 6-10 and 10 Raiders who have been officially eliminated from playoff contention. And our starting backup quarterback, Jarrett Stidham. 3.30 kick from Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada on Saturday. It's the first game of the NFL's Week 18 slate. Andy Reid in his career is 17-5 and five against the Raiders, and Kansas City is on a four-game winning streak. I mentioned Jarrett Stidham, who has been starting, and will start this game for Derek Carr, who was benched. Stidham looked good, Mark. 365, three touchdowns, two picks, a 108 passer rating in his first career start. Um, so I'll, I'll start there with you. Are you concerned that Kansas City could be caught flat-footed uh, with Jarrett Stidham leading the, the red-hot Vegas offense? Uh, I am a little concerned. Ooh. You know, I mean, how can you not be? And not only did he do that in his first career start, he did it against the number one defense in the league. That's the 49ers. Yeah. <laughs> That's not just no normal defense. So uh, it's very impressive. Uh, I will say, though, you know, there's no film on the guy. So uh, I think the Niners may have been a little sleepwalking hands to that game a little bit. 
it was in Vegas on New Year's Day. You know, maybe guys snuck out the hotel the night before, had a couple drinks. And, no, know. you're not suggesting that, would you? No. I mean, New Year's Eve in Vegas. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, that's a, that's a bad setup right there. That's a bad setup. So, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if that was the case. But, no, seriously, I mean, the guy played well. Devontae Adams. I mean, you saw that catch he made? Special. Oh, my gosh. He is special, man. He is special. Darren Waller's back, looking like the same old Darren Waller. Obviously, Josh Jacobs is having a career year. They have weapons. We always knew that. You know, but, you know, Stidham kind of brings a little spark to the team now. I think Derek Carr, maybe the message there was a little old, a little tired. They needed somebody in there with some motivation that's fighting for his career, right? First career start. He's trying to really make an impression on teams out there that may be looking at a quarterback potentially for the future. Who knows? He's still young. So, you know, he's going to be fighting. You know, that's one thing about it. You know, it's a team that's not playing for anything in particular, but guys are playing for that next check. You know, guys are playing for something more than just the Raiders winning the game, you know, so that can ultimately lead to them winning the game because they're playing for themselves, you know, so it, that's it's a scary proposition, you know, is playing the spoiler, it's a rivalry game, it's in Vegas, you know, it's a lot riding in this game for the Raiders, more than you think, but I do think the Chiefs will win ultimately, I, I just think offensively, the Raiders secondary, it, it's really bad. I think the Packham home is going to be able to pick them apart. And don't forget this, too. One thing people aren't talking about, and it's kind of out of reach a little bit, but we've seen him do it before. He's done it five times in his career. Did you know that Mahomes needs 430 passing yards to become the all-time passing yards leader in a single season, passing Peyton Manning? He needs 430. Record, huh? You want that record. I'm just saying. And he's thrown over 435 times in his career. And one of those times was against the Raiders back when they were in Oakland. I'm just saying, there may be a little gamesmanship there. We already know Andy Reid doesn't like to run the ball anyway. So do you think if, <laughs> let's say, let's say by the third quarter, he's hovering around 300. You don't think they're going to like, hey, let's just kind of go for that record. You think that might be, who knows? So I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, this one is, is one that I, I specifically worry about because of kind of the short week nature of it. And like you find out when you're playing, you know, like on the Monday or the Sunday night, and then you have until the Saturday to get going. Obviously guys, emotions are all over the place this time. Divisional game. Um, you know, Kansas city's got plenty left to play for I, I know it's the circumstances are not ideal and nobody would have had it this way including I think the Kansas City Chiefs but when you consider that the one seat is up for grabs um I, I think they come they come ready um to play Let, let's talk injury report a little bit Sky Moore as you mentioned <clears throat> with the hand Andy Reid said it was split open and he had to get stitches down the middle DNP on Tuesday, limited on Wednesday. That 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 Thursday practice will tell us a lot about Sky Moore. Um, Legarius Sneed returns to practice in a limited uh, limited capacity on Wednesday. NFL Network says he has a hip pointer that was bothering him. I think he suffered that on that interception uh, against the Broncos. You mentioned Harrison Bucker. He's a DNP on Wednesday after not even being on the injury report with those back spasms. That worries me. Um, Joe Tooney limited. Uh, dealing with the ankle injury. I also wonder if that's maybe why they they stop running the ball. Uh, maybe Tooney comes out and, and they worry 
<clears throat> about some of the run fits and the and the run schemes and the, and and they don't feel as confident calling some of those those run plays. Injury report. Yeah, I, uh, talk about your guy seventeen because 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 he was activated today and I think I think he plays a big role in this offense and I know y'all go way back. <laughs> uh, I think he plays in this game in a limited role. I think okay. they want to knock off some rust. He hasn't played in over a month, so I don't think you want his first game back being a playoff game. So I think you get him in there, limited snaps, maybe like 15 to 20 snaps, nothing crazy. A couple of jet sweets, maybe a couple of targets, just to get his feet wet, get hit a couple of times, get that feeling again. Yeah. Uh, so I think that would be good for him, especially I don't, I'm kind of skeptical on Sky Moore playing this week. So uh, you don't want to have to be down him and then not have McCall as well, especially yeah. in the game, like you mentioned, not under the circumstances that you would like, but you still are playing for the one seed. So that still is a big thing. And we got these injuries that are kind of knick-knacking or hanging around. You want to have that extra buy if you can. So you want to make sure you can get this win and see what happens after that, what the NFL does. But, yeah, I do think he plays in the limited role, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, Yeah, I think McColl is extremely important to what they want to do. I, w- I was just kind of – you hear the word setback, especially in, in the way that it was trending before we heard he had the setback. And – they wait until a couple minutes before the deadline to activate him. I, I temper expectations on what he can bring to the offense until we see it. And that's kind of what you said. I mean, just throw him out there. This is a game that means something, obviously, but he doesn't have to give it 110% and can just ease back in. Um, but, yeah, extremely important to what they like to do, the jet sweep game, um, kind of giving defenses a different look. And, and maybe that breaks – maybe that's just what you need to break Kelsey's little little – touchdown streak or whatever touchdown drought um a different guy a different look um something somebody who's familiar with the offense that can give you a little bit something different i just wanted to talk about kansas cities before we go down to vegas because it was definitely a bloody a bloody week for you last week i I don't want to bring it up but uh let's talk about kansas city's divisional dominance really quickly because i think and i and i'm pretty sure i did my fact checking on this correctly kansas city can sweep the afc west with a win um saturday in arrowhead or excuse me saturday at allegiant and the stat here is from the kansas city chiefs media guy since 2015 the chiefs 41 and 6 against the afc west i mean hashtag don't take it for granted mark gunnels a 6 and 0 season against the afc west this year after all the offseason talk we had about about patrick mahomes potentially taking a step back and the offense no longer having um Tyreek Hill that conjoined with all the moves that were made in the division to try to catch up and close the gap between Kansas City not only do they win the division for a seventh straight season but Mark they have a potential to go unbeaten in that division with a win on Saturday yeah I don't think nobody predicted this before the year considering all the hype that AFC West had I think personally I did I said four and two yeah. I said split with the Chargers, and I think I said a split with the Broncos, I believe. So yeah, man, I'm definitely uh surprised. And that's fair. They could have lo- they that could have happened this year. Legitimately. Well, yeah, yeah. Those yeah, are the two, that was yeah. very close. That was very close to happening. <laughs> and even the first Raiders game came out to the yeah, wires. Legitimately. Yeah. So I mean, you know, these games, a couple plays here and there, things change. But uh the, the Chiefs, I think the difference is, and what we kind of said before the year. The difference between the Chiefs and all the other teams was the continuity at, at quarterback and head coach. Broncos, new head coach. Chargers, Brandon Staley, a lot of question marks. Char- uh, Broncos, first-time head coach. 
yeah. new quarterback in the system. So, you know, there's a lot of newness with these teams. Obviously, you're bringing in more talent, but they didn't have the continuity, the chemistry. They haven't been through the the, the wars like the Chiefs have throughout the past four years. And granted, the Chiefs had a lot of, a lot of turnover as well, but they had the still the mainstays, the main key parts were still there, the quarterback, the coach, the best tight end in the league. So you still have those parts. You're a leader on defense, Chris Jones. So, you know, it's just a testament to consistency, and maybe it's a lesson learned for a lot of media people out there. It's not really about the best talent necessarily. Maybe it's just about having the continuity and chemistry, and the guys that have been there, done that, you know, same old faithful, man. Trust the trustworthy old big red Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, that is an uh, that is an 87 87% winning percentage for the Chiefs against the AFC West since 2015. That's, unreal. That is unreal. <laughs> That's like Madden Dynasty mode settings. Yeah, like that doesn't on, happen in real life. On, on rookie. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, with the with the calm down, just just sad. I can't believe you fearful. don't care about this. I, I don't. Um, <laughs> when the uh, when the Chiefs have the ball, this is their uh, their final their final uh, game of the regular season. All right, allegedly, uh, McCole Hardman has returned. He has been activated for this game, and there is a potential for him to play. And we, uh, but, what BK, we've been here for about two or three weeks. Wondering is is McColl going to play this week? Is McColl Hartman going to play this week? Because yet again, was that Blake Bell touchdown the longest pass play? No, Kadarius Tony had one on a back shoulder that was, may have been longer, but it certainly wasn't no bombs away go get them and really scare the defense. Um, I hope McColl plays this week because, as we've said, man, week after week, it, I, I'm almost going to just accept that they are just not a over-the-top big play offense anymore. I'm just damn near going to accept that at this point. I don't want to accept it. They tried this past week. Like, they they got close to connecting a couple of times. MVS had a couple that were right there. Man, Sky Moore was right there, right there for the opportunity, and and Patrick missed him. He missed him. That's on Patrick Mahomes, not on Sky Moore. That's all I've got to say about that. The last four weeks. Wow. Sky Moore is on that space? Where you will yeah. blame Pat over Sky? You know how many times that you've just sure to back me up here. You saw it. He missed the throw. Oh, the throw wasn't it. where it was supposed to wow. be. 
I, I think that's actually been the case on some of these deep shots this season. I feel like Pat's just been off on a lot of them this yeah, year. Yeah, but th- but this is yes, and I've said that to you about that with McColl multiple times that you no, don't. It was you, different you with McColl. Yeah, there, that's what I thought. Yeah, he just—he just doesn't look his way after years of letdown. He just doesn't look his way. It's different. In all fairness to McColl, in the four weeks prior to him getting shut down, he was awesome, man. He had become the version of McColl Hardman that we had been waiting for. He had 17 catches, 225 oh. yards, three touchdowns through the oh. air. Added three carries for 35 yards and two touchdowns on those those three opportunities, oh. all of which oh. were basically in the red zone. Don't know what's happening to Ron right now, but it's Five a good piece, baby. Five it, TDs in that time, baby. In that four-game stretch, that was against the Raiders, Buffalo, San Fran, and Tennessee. So it's not as if he's going up against the mm. the the bad teams that have been on the Chiefs' schedules lately either. He's a guy that completely changes this offense, specifically in the red zone. I can't explain it. I I don't know why they don't have those same opportunities for somebody like Sky Moore. I think there were some that we saw for Kadarius Tony, but then he got hurt as well. I'm fascinated to see what his return means for this offense, Ron. Is he going to go out there and just be a gadget player again? Is he going to go out there and get his full allotment of plays? My guess, this is just a guess, for this week, we see a very limited package for McColl. To get him back out there, we've seen this from Andy Reid before where he just kind of gets his feet wet. And then in the Chiefs' AFC Divisional game, that's when we really see them unleash McColl Hardman once again. So I, I don't think that you see the full allotment of plays with him this week but it's good to have him back because they they really needed him specifically in the red zone look man um i'm gonna be honest with you i i hope his return means something because i'm legit getting nervous about this offense like legit getting i, I know that i haven't looked i think are they still the number one offense are they are they if yeah. not they're, they're one yeah they're, they're still that and they were leading across the board in like yards points they're the number yeah, they one offense. Number one in yards, number one in points right now. Man, when I watch them, and that's just me, my, my eyes, and I watch them, and yes, I'm sure I'm probably comparing them to other offenses in the past, offenses in the past I've seen. They just don't feel like a number one offense right now. And the reason why they're making me nervous, they're still a good offense, right? You know, you know, 27 points, that, 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 that's, you know, that's good. But for the way this team is built, fellas, like this, this offense needs to be more dependable than they have been. This offense needs to create more uh, of a lead for the way the defense is at their strength when they can rush the passer and they can do things and Spags can do things to cause, to help cause turnovers and to help cause pressures. But this offense has not been reliable enough for what, the Chiefs need it to be and how the team is built. Man, they had three three and outs in that third quarter. Three straight that lasted under like 52 seconds. All of them. Like it was just like I remember, I don't I can't remember which one of you in the text chain said, Did they forget they have running backs? Like what like what is happening? Like I know Denver's defense is the strength of their team. But they were in one-two Cancun mode. I mean, they weren't even going to wait for three. They They're also were bad against the run. It's they what were ready. bad as a defense. But they, but they just came into the third quarter. I mean, just easily stop, stop like three straight stops. This, this, this offense can't afford that by by anybody. They can't afford to just get stopped because that's not how the team is built. 
And I am nervous as hell, fellas, that this offense is not what this team needs it to be. I've watched the last two weeks where teams have been able to not just slow down Travis Kelsey, but at long stretches of the game, just take him out and he's not getting any catches and he's not getting any yards. And then it's not, it's not though, at least, okay, Travis didn't get any play, but he is opening it up for other people, but no, hell no. They're just, I mean, they're not connecting on anything. And, you know, they've had some drives when they've had to. And like, you're looking in there and you're going to, he haven't hit Blake Bell across the middle uh, to roll into the end zone for a touchdown. I just, this offense has not, looked like the offense you felt like they needed to be since the Niners game. And, and I mean, and, and so I'm, I'm concerned moving into this. Yeah. I think most of the concern is one thing specifically. And we had a one-off where they didn't have the turnovers and then guess what? We're back. Here come the turnovers once again. And it's special teams. It's everything, right? But they don't finish drives often enough. Once they get into the red zone, they have way too many turnovers and their special teams are an absolute disaster. And they have been for the better season. And when you combine those things, man, they just, they don't, they, they seem to have this thing where they, they, they hurt themselves more than the opponent hurts them. I mean, you look at Ron, this stretch of games that we're talking about, go back to the Buffalo bills games through last week. So that's an 11 game stretch. In that stretch, they have 19 total turnovers. They had at least one in all but the Seahawks game. But if you look at what they've done offensively, like when they get the drive going and they don't turn the ball over, they've been super successful. At least 20 first downs, at least 350 yards in 10 of the 11 games. Interestingly enough, the one game where they didn't meet those numbers was the Seahawks game. And that was when the offense was strangely ineffective, but they didn't turn the ball over, so they were able to get the job done. If this team simply makes their kicks, doesn't turn the football over, they're going to be and converts their drives when they get into the red zone into touchdowns. That's going to say their red zone, their red zone offense. That is that's it's been those a three things: too. red zone, converting on kicks and not turning the football over. If you can do those three things, this offense is as good as it's been at any point in the Patrick Mahomes era. The problem is they can't do those things consistently, and they continuously shoot themselves in, a, in the foot as a result. Yeah, And I don't I, know how you can like convince yourself that that's going to change in the playoffs, because at this point, it's it's a character trait. No. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're showing it. This is, this is a trend. Well, I can understand how... It doesn't seem like this is the best offense in the NFL, like especially compared to when we've seen some of the other best offenses in the NFL. And like if you watch like what Dallas has been doing and what Dak Prescott has been doing, you would probably think like, oh, that's the number one offense in football because they're flashy and they create big plays. And CeeDee Lamb is having an incredible season. Dak Prescott's really good at, at operating the offense and stretching the football field. And the Chiefs haven't done that, but it, it comes back a lot to what BK was saying. It's simply the turnovers, the special teams blunders, like missing out on points, not capitalizing in the red zone. And it is concerning, but like if this team could just execute and maybe there is that switch that they still need to flip in the playoffs, if they can just execute, they seem pretty unstoppable offensively. They've just been really inconsistent in too many areas, and it is a huge red flag at this point in the season. It, it, now, it, and to me, against the really good opponents, that's like the two games that we can really base it off of are the Bills and the Bengals, and they lost both games. 
and there were points where the defense, like it, it, they they had some struggles at times in those games and getting teams off the field, but the defense has you twenty four to twenty. They force a field goal. It's twenty four seventeen. After Mahomes has that crazy touchdown where he jumps over everybody, gets in before he gets knocked out of his hands. It's 24-17. They stop him on a drive to get it 24-20. It's the fourth quarter. You're like, the Chiefs offense is going to put it away. All right, here goes. The Chiefs offense is going to get a drive to put it away, and they're starting to do it. And then, as you said, BK, they have the turnover from, from, from Travis Kelsey, the fumble that then puts the defense back on the field. They go down and score, and then it's 27-24, and it's like, all right, the offense, you got a chance to come down, at least tie this thing. And the best they could get is a 55-yard field goal attempt. You know, and then the Buffalo game, when Chris Jones was able to steal and steal and cheat through that trip of Josh Allen to end the drive there, the Chiefs have the lead right there, 20 to 17. They got a lead right there, giving the ball back to his to his offense. Like I believe under 10 minutes to go in that game, giving the ball back to the offense and they couldn't get Von Miller blocked and he gets a sack and they end the drive and they couldn't put it away. Like in the past, that is you're, you're punting it. You're fearful. Teams are fearful of kicking the ball back to the chiefs or going for it because, because they know that they're going to come down there and put them away and they didn't get points on those things. And I just, it's happened in the regular season. It's happened. I just, it just, their offense for what the Chiefs need their offense to be just concerns me. And I I, I just this is a team that, that they're gonna win because of their offense, we think. Right. Like and this offense hasn't looked dominant since the Niners game. Now that was one of the last games McCole Hardman played, but that that that's the part that that makes me really really nervous about this. And offense. Ron, in this specific game, just kind of looking towards the the game on Saturday, this is a defense that shouldn't really do a whole lot to expose those flaws that the Chiefs have. They're twenty seventh in the red zone and they're thirtieth in turnover percentage on the season. If this is going to be a team in the Chiefs that is able to flip that switch like they have in the past, this is a game where we should start to see it. Yeah, I mean they just got to they got to get the D line stopped. They can't. I mean they got to stop them from rushing. So let's let's jump into these keys. Um, Nate, we'll start with you, man. What do what what do you feel like is the key to a Chiefs victory on Saturday and moving forth in these playoffs? Yeah, you know there was a lot of talk about last week's Broncos game, and you know it obviously wasn't a, a game that. Uh, went great for the Chiefs, although I, I thought they went fine for the most part. I thought the Broncos played pretty well on their part. But one thing, especially on offense, I was encouraged to see was that the Chiefs were pushing the ball down the field a lot more. So I pulled up just some stats. These are passes over 20 air yards. In week 11, there was only three. Week 12, there's only one. Week 13 was six. Week 14 was four. 15 was two. And week 16 were two. Last week, there were six. And Mahomes went four and six on passes over 20 air yards. Um, we saw the Chiefs, you know, take more shots downfield. We saw the over route to get areas Tony, which I, I tweeted about. was like, that is the first time I think the Chiefs have really hit one of those routes all season. I can't remember too many besides maybe Kelsey uh, where they hit that. They hit Justin Watson kind of on the corner of the sideline. There were two shots to MBS. Uh, both were on double moves. Both were open. MBS dropped one and then Pat overthrew the other. 
But I was encouraged to see the Chiefs finally kind of pushing the ball downfield. Like if there has been, you know, obviously the, the Chiefs offense has still been great this year, but I don't really feel like it's been overly explosive this year in terms of like downfield shots compared to like what it's been in the past. A lot of their explosive plays come from yards after catch. So that's something, you know, I'm kind of hoping to see again this week. I want that going into the playoffs because at this point of the season, these past few weeks, it's about putting things on film for defensive coordinators to watch. And I can guarantee you that when they, when a defensive coordinator sees Kadarius Tony line up in the backfield two reps, that's on film. That's something that he has to sit down and prep for. When they see Kadarius Tony run an over route, it's like, oh, crap. Like, now the Chiefs are putting vertical shots in. Now we have to maybe go back to zone coverage or whatever. So I want the Chiefs, you know, the last time they played the Raiders, it was a lot of man coverage from what I remember. Um, they actually – it was – you know, Pat had a really good game, but they actually, I thought, played pretty good defense for the most part. Um, second half, maybe not as much. But, yeah, let's let's continue to see the vertical passing game this week. Let's take some more shots. Even if they're not all successful, it's just something for defensive coordinators to note, and I think it'll open up other parts of their offense. Yeah. Uh, Nate, it's almost like you read my piece that went live this morning. I appreciate it. Always about those good uh, clicks. But, uh you know, I, I talked a little bit about this in my piece this week, too. Um, the Chiefs wide receivers are a big part of why we are not getting a large contribution in the vertical passing game. Uh, Chiefs are on pace to have a record low product uh, production from the wide receiver position since Mahomes taken over as quarterback. Um, in 2018, wide, so this is basically the wide, percent, wide receiver yardage percentage of team total. So what percentage of receiving yards were accounted for by wide receivers? In 2018, 52%, 2019, 57%. 2020, 61%, 2021, 58%, and this year they are sitting at 49%. Um, you know, there's almost a 15% spread there between the highest and lowest. Additionally, over half of Patrick Mahomes' touchdowns have come from Jerk McKinnon or Travis Kelsey. Um, you know, I think those are great guys, and we can sit here and talk about how excellent the offense is, and they are leading pretty much every important metric. And Patrick Mahomes is, at this point, the clear favorite for MVP. However, the when you get into the playoffs and you play good teams and good quarterbacks, they can take away your first and second option. Jarek McKinnon and Travis Kelsey are not the guys that you want to only be relying on in a playoff game. They need someone to step up. You know, we talked about Nicole Hardman. We've talked about Tony. Nate, I know you did some film breakdown on what they were doing with Darius Tony. Um, there's, there's a lot of room to grow for this offense. And again, the margin for error is what we're talking about, right? We're not, we're talking, they've earned the right to be talked about on the Super Bowl scale. We know they're a good offense. We know that they're setting good numbers. But to beat Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, jo Joe Burrow, like to beat three or four of those quarterbacks in a row, they're going to need to be extremely dominant on offense, as they were. I'm not sure this team can overcome a 24 nothing deficit right now like it used to be able to or go overcome a 10-0 de deficit on the best defense in the NFL like they did in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. That's that margin for error that we're talking about. And as long as the Chiefs play their brand of sloppy football, which they seem to do week in, week out, the margin for error is very low. Yeah, and I, and I agree. Like, I, I really feel like ha that's the important, importance, importance of um, having Tony and McCall Hartman back because they bring 
a different dynamic. Definitely Hardman um, on those verticals, and then you know Kadarius Tony on those over routes. He seems to be able to run those a little bit better than what what you've seen from Hardman. Um, Kadarius Tony brings a, a Tyreek Hillish type feel back to the offense that you can run some of the plays that only that you only have for Tyreek with Kadarius Tony. Can't run them with an MBS in a while, so they don't track the ball the same. Um, they're more just kind of straight vertical threats than the overall type of type of type of threats. So I think, you know, what I always said about this offense this year, I feel like it was more efficient this year, but less dynamic, you know. So I think Darius, Tony and Hardman bring another dynamic force back to the offense that you have to account for. And that's really all you need is making the defense have to account for something else. I think if we can get those two on the field, the defense has to account for them. And maybe that makes them go back to the too high in the zone coverage, which then now that we have a sufficient running game, opens it up a little bit more for Pacheco and then um, getting a quick outs to, you know, to, to McKinnon gives him a little bit more room to operate because Juju's not going to stretch the field. That, that's just not necessarily what he does. He's more of the possession guy, the run after the catch guy. Same thing you're going to get with Kelsey. And, you know, when it, when throwing to Watson and throwing to MBS, Mahomes has his lowest co- completion percentage. I want to say around 50-something percent when throwing to MBS and, and around 40-something when, when targeting and Justin Watson. So you, you hope they can start to connect on them a, a little bit more. Um, all of it's not on them. Some of it, you know, Mahomes has just missed them on, on a couple of routes, but they both can do a better job at attacking the ball and tracking the ball from from what I what I've seen on a couple of passes, but I think that's going to be big. If we can stretch the field vertically, that takes pressure off you know off Kelsey. It takes pressure you know, opens up the running game. It opens up so much for this offense. So I'm, I'm really looking to see how how they do that if they can continue to do that this week. So Price, what you got, man? What 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 you think is a major key this week to 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 a victory for the Chiefs? Well, for my key this week, I'm picking a portion of the field, and I'm picking the middle of the field for the Chiefs' defense. This has been a place that the Chiefs have been taking advantage of pretty much all year. Um, in fact, the Raiders kind of put out a little bit of a blueprint there whenever they started going heavy and rushing the ball and then passing out of that heavy formation way back when they played that game in, I believe, September against the Raiders. Um, Raiders, this is this is a good offense, guys, and they did a lot of this without Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller. On the field, even though Derek Carr is no longer starting, 10th in yards, 12th in points, 7th in yard per a play. Um, and they've done a lot of that by attacking the field. This is absolutely wild. I found this, and I love this poll, so I want to ask you guys. Who – here are your choices, okay? So Josh Jacob, Josh Jacobs leads the, uh, the Raiders in rushing attempts. There are three other options. Brandon Bolden, Zamir White, a fourth-round rookie that they took out of uh, Georgia this year, or Derek Carr. Who is second in rush attempts for the Raiders? I'm gonna say Derek Carr. I agree. Yeah, I kind of I kind of gave it away there, right? The second leading attempt rusher for the Raiders is Derek Carr with 24 <laughs> attempts. Josh Jacobs has 323 attempts, and then Derek Carr, 24. And then Brandon wow. Bolden has 17, and Zamir White has 16. So if he doesn't play in this game, that's massive. Um, we you know, we talked about it on the injury report. But also remember, like, way back when Josh Jacobs was getting carries in the Hall of Fame game in, like, August, and we were all like, is Josh Jacobs dumb or done? I mean, that's – it's just a wild – I've never seen it proportioned that heavy um, where Josh Jacobs is getting all those carries. Kind of going back to the middle of the field thing, the Chiefs have, you know, given it up in the run. They did pretty good in controlling the run game last week here. 
Um, but they did give up over 100 yards rushing to Kenneth Walker. Josh Jacobs, last time the Chiefs faced him, he had 154 yards and a touchdown. Kansas City additionally has allowed three straight games with touchdowns to tight ends, and these tight ends are not big names. You know, Albert O was like on milk cartons before last weekend. Um, so the Chiefs, the middle of the field is, you know, we've talked about it. I was DMing Nate a little bit about what the Chiefs can do in the middle of the field. Teams are taking advantage of Nick Bolton. They're taking advantage of some of the safety play, and it's a place that the Chiefs are going to struggle. Hunter Renfro, a good slot receiver, is back. This is only about the third game that the Raiders have had all their weapons in place, Waller, um, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, and Josh Jacobs. Jared Sidham also was, like, frequently good against the 49ers defense. 9.3 yards per attempt in that game. Um, pretty outlandish stuff. I I think that probably regresses a little bit. That might have been their one game to rally against the quarterback. But the the Raiders' offense is is good, and the Chiefs' defense is going to have their hands full of it. And it's got to start in the middle of the field. You can live with Devontae Adams getting his or them chucking the ball up to Matt Collins, but they they can kill you with uh, Jacobs, Waller, and Renfro. Yeah, I know this is going to sound funny, and this might be like a hot take. I think Josh McDaniels has done a good job this year with their offense. Like, they didn't have Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller for a large stretch of this year, and they were still good on offense. And Derek Carr really didn't play great. And what really sold me on that was last week versus the 49ers. I thought the 49ers were going to destroy them. And he had a really good game plan. And I going back to week five, he had a pretty good game plan against the Chiefs. They went with heavy personnel. They put a fullback on the field and just ran down our throats. And then they took a couple of play action shots to Devontae Adams. I mean, honestly, looking back, I thought they were going to win that game for the majority of the game. I thought they played better than us for the most part. Uh, let's talk about the middle of the field. Uh, two weeks ago against Geno Smith, I thought they did a really good job of stopping the middle of the field. I mean, last week I thought they did a poor job. And it, w- it would have been even worse last week if, they put their effort last week against Geno because Russell Wilson doesn't throw over the middle of the field, and he did last week. Um, the Chiefs allowed that touchdown in the end or in the red zone. Uh, it was some type of breakdown in their zone coverage, but it was just wide open over the middle of the field. And yeah, I agree. You know, I, for, for some reason, everyone kind of talks about like the Chiefs' issues against wide receivers ones as their main issue on defense. I I've never felt that at any point this year. That like that's been the reason the Chiefs defense maybe has had like bad moments. I think it's their middle of the field pass defense. And what's scary for me is that again, like I talk about uh putting things on film. If I'm Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator of the Bills, or if I'm Zach Taylor, or if I'm any of these offensive coordinators, I am targeting that area with like a big red marker and be like, we are throwing everything right there. We are going to be targeting these guys. So this week is a good test. They have Waller, they have Adams, they have Renfro. All three of those guys are dynamic in the middle of the field. But like, get some stops. Like, I, you know, a one-game sample won't change everything. But if you can limit the middle of the field, that's going to help out your defense just so much. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. 